The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who gonna this town tonight. Hey, welcome to another form of sports talk. We are live on the air. The number is 888-346-9144. I'm in the studio as always with Alex Clancy and Deborah Debris. We do have a Clancy's Corner coming on the second segment. We're going to talk some uh, NBA, some MLB, NCAA, which is uh, part of the Clancy's Corner. Yes, sir. From what I heard. And uh, and uh, we're going to talk about, take a little, talk about Tiger Woods for a little while. Don't forget, third segment, We may this may go right into uh, the fourth week. segment. Yeah. <laughs> but we got Down and Dirty with uh, Deborah Debris, Your Clear Edge, www.yourclearedge.com. Uh, check the website out, Deborah. Right? You got it. Okay. Uh, you can um, reach Alex at uh, on Twitter at Clancy AlexClancy dot com. Alex oh, Clancy, no, okay. Clancy's Corner. Oh yeah, whatever. You mean you need to change that? Get it right. <laughs> Get it right. I told you four times. Take a note. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Clancy's Corner. Yeah. Clancy's Corner dot com. I'm at Quam Lasseter at Quam Lasseter. Dot com. Deborah, you don't have a. You just go to the website, right? You can go to yeah. The website's but, the best way. I'm on Facebook. Oh, you do have a Facebook, Twitter. Oh, do have a I'm Twitter. on Twitter. You're on Twitter. Deborah underscore Dubry. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. And, and check us out. Call in to the show uh, while we're live. We're also being uh, uStream at uh, www.ustream.tv backslash channel backslash live dash phoenix dash studio. Right now, it's a um, it's in the process of being a. Um, it's a U stream right now, but it's in the process of being a channel here at Voice America Sports. So, uh, I mean, you can check it out right now. We're live on. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposedly we're live. <laughs> and uh, But we're live on the air all, we're all the way across the world, uh, anywhere at this time, whatever time it is. When you're, and we've got a lot to talk about. Let's talk about the uh, – let's talk about Tiger Woods first. Let's go over there because I do know you want to get into some NBA and some Lakers. And we yep. don't, Yeah, so let's talk about Tiger Woods. He finally wins after two years of mm-hmm. – uh, it was it was vintage Tiger, but I, I seen some of this happening three weeks prior in Australia Open, and mm-hmm. then in the, and then the Presidents Cup, um, and it just looked like Tiger Bragg. And unfortunately for us as fans, that um, I, well me, I, I everybody's not Tiger fan because of the stuff he did, his his personal life. They're not fans of his uh, his uh, professional because of his personal life. So okay. It just looked like Tiger Woods was back and what he was doing. Yeah, I mean, it, the whole thing was shown when they panned over to Zach Johnson after Tiger made the putt to win. Zach Johnson just nods, and he's like, okay, well, I guess he's back. Uh, Tiger has always lived off. I don't think he's back yet. I think that it's, it, think it's a process. But Tiger's always thrived off of the innate fear that he puts into other players. And even if he's not playing his best tournament, if you're paired with him in the final round, you have he has that aura about him that will make you fear him. Now, he made a birdie on 17, 
and a birdie on 18, a birdie on 17 to tie, birdie on 18 to win. Uh, the cool part was that both of those holes in the final round were playing over par. And he just comes in, knocks two approach shots stiff, makes two birdie putts like the old Tiger would, and he ended up winning, which I, I'm really happy for him. And then he had that fist pump. I think that's, that putt on mm. 17 was the... Was the kept him in the champ, kept him in the game because if you don't make that putt, then Zach Johnson has uh, two putts to make or yeah two putts to make on 18 and he wins it because he was already up one. Um, but I don't think Tiger Deborah, I don't think they fear in Tiger anymore. I think it's just they know his game is better and to get back to that Tiger Woods level is going to take is it's going to be taking an act of God. I don't think right. he can get he's back already, to that level. He's already taught people that uh, he's beatable. So that in and of itself has got other people saying, well, if he's beatable, then, you know, I'm just going to up my game and make it happen. The, what's happening right now, though, is he's starting to turn that corner, that he's starting to get that old feeling back within himself. And as you say, he's got that fist pump going. He's got all those things that are triggering some of those old feelings, which are great. And as his confidence rises, everybody else starts to shudder a little bit, like, oh, man, just hold on. Well, let me ask you this. Is his personal life the reason why he's beatable now, or he was beatable? Because he's his personal life is not is, is public now, so it, it, everything is out. I mean, uh, from what we know, what I know, that they're no longer married. She has her hundred and she's got millions. Yeah, she got millions from yeah. uh, from a nanny to a, a multimillionaire. Um, but his personal life is not what it is now. So it, does that put him right back on the track? The personal life is part of it, but it's not the whole picture. It's how he feels about his personal life. So the way he was feeling about, yeah, the way he was feeling about it before was undermining everything that was going on. Now as he's starting to rebuild himself as a person, get his self identity back in in himself, then he can also build it out on the course. And 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 it helps that uh, fans are very fickle. You know, they're very forgiving. After a while, once once he made that putt on 17, they weren't booing him. Well, every fan likes a winner. Well, yeah. and, and they wasn't, the, the people didn't boo him, but the ones who probably don't like him didn't cheer one, one way or another, which was good. Uh, but you can, you see the, the crowd when he made that putt on the big screen. Uh, it was like, that looks like Tiger Woods. That looks right. like he's coming yeah. back. The and excitement's it, there it, again. It's his image um, that he had to upheld when he was Tiger Woods that we right. knew of. And now he's trying to. I don't, I don't know if he's trying to work that engine back, cause I, that that uh, image back. You guys uh, may have seen him too. He's talking more on a golf course, mm-hmm. smiling more, right. and maybe because this wasn't a PGA event, but it counts mm-hmm. to um, a little more humble in the interviews, right. talking about yeah, I was nervous, you know, those type of things. He's showing that he's human, right. exactly. You know? Yeah, and I, they showed a clip of the of the fans on 18 watching him on 17 make the putt. They went nuts. Right. So I mean he's back. I mean he's in the image. He's going to get he's more. He's going to get more uh, sponsorship deals now. It's going to be like nothing ever happened. Yeah. Like a year from now, like everybody's going to forget about like it. Kobe. No. He'll be Kobe dead. allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> How you thirty-eight women? Thirty-eight women didn't come out and said, "Yo, every every time they come into our city." <laughs> Uh, How do he you was pay somebody millions of dollars and you allegedly did something? I noticed, I noticed the United States and you can sue anybody and 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 civil suits and probably that's the name of the game. Defamation, yeah. You, you got money, you're a target. You're a you target. Power, okay. you're a target. Really? We so, not. We'll uh, talk about. Kobe. We about to move right into Kobe, but let me say. <laughs> you really gonna, <laughs> let me say this about uh, Tiger Woods. Uh, yeah, his image is back. But in the in the process he's on right now, the stages. I won't say Tiger Woods back, and you and Alex, you said that. I say he's on the right track right now to becoming uh, dominant. And everybody's waiting for April. The, well, the season starts in January. The golf season starts in January. This was the last event, unless you're playing overseas. But everyone's waiting for April for till the Masters mm-hmm. come. Tiger will still have to play a few rounds before that because there's a lot of big tournaments that's 
Oh, he's going to play a lot. Yeah. He'll play a lot before then. Well, I think, I, that's what's fun, too, is he's now building his momentum for 2012. Right. And if he wins one major, I think, you know, if anybody wins a major, and that's a successful season, successful golf season, uh, but if he wins one major, I think he wins two. Days. And now you got Rory coming over here to play, too, so like that's going to be interesting. Roy, and I think um, uh, it's another guy coming over here. Not Roy McIlroy, he's coming over. But the number he's number one, yeah. actually. But I like to see those guys come over here because it, and Graham it, McDowell and Graham also. McDowell, yeah, he's a he's a player too. So he everybody pushing here. everybody to be elite. Uh, speaking of uh, allegedly uh, not being <laughs> in trouble, Kobe Bryant. Do you see the NBA? Not the, not just the NBA. We move into that, but the Lakers in a desperate situation. You telling me that everyone is, is expendable, but Kobe. Now I agree with that. I agree. But to say I want Alex to say I want. Uh, Paul, Chris Paul, and Dwight Howard, and everybody else can go. Is that a desperate move? Is that just trying to be what they have in Miami? Yeah, we're not in South Beach. You know, they were desperate because Dwayne Wade was going to go if that didn't happen. Kobe Stanput, he's going to retire a Laker. But I think that if you trade Andrew Bynum and Lamar Odom for Dwight Howard, which is probably what would happen, and then uh, trade Pau Gasol and maybe a draft pick for uh, Chris Paul, what do you got left? The depth of the Lakers, having Lamar Odom come off the bench is what separated the Lakers from everybody else in the West. Now, now having said that, do you choose a the future center, the future prolific center Bynum? in the NBA? No, uh, Dwight, Dwight Howard, Howard. Or maybe the best point guard in the NBA. Because the point guards, I would say choose Chris Paul. Because the Lakers got burned in the playoffs by younger guards. Derek Fisher... You know, he, he's had his run, but he's done. He's going to play 15, 20 minutes off the bench, but you need a stud point guard to run that team, especially because the triangle offense isn't there anymore. If, if, if Bynum can stay he- uh, healthy, and then you got uh, Powell Casal, uh, you keep one of those guys. One of them have to go, but you have to. If I got to get rid of one, I get rid of Bynum because Powell Casal can play the center and the forward, and then you bring in a Chris Paul because you don't want Kobe bringing up the ball, and, and you got Shannon Brown, who's not even under con- contract right now. He's out. Fisher, I like Fisher, but he has to come off the bench now. If he's going to remain a Laker, he's good in the playoffs because he brings that that experience and that dominant. He brings that attitude that you need in the playoffs. Okay, we've been friends all season. Now it's the playoffs. Friendship is gone. But you're bringing talent. You're also bringing expectations, and you also have to gel as a team. So you got to look at that aspect of it, too, is who's going to actually work together as opposed to against each other to get the spotlight. And that was the problem in Miami because you had that much talent and they couldn't gel together. And it took them That's all the right. way to the end of the year to do so. Uh, but it also that uh, LeBron James mentioned that he wasn't used to being a villain. Now he's embracing a role. He wasn't used to being that villain or on the dark side, as, as he mentioned. But with He's also I, not used to playing the fourth quarter. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that, he had to do it in Cleveland, but he didn't have to do it in the sense that you say about um, gelling as a team, Chris Paul and Dwight Howard have played on meddling teams. Dwight, uh, Dwight Howard made the finals once, okay? But these two teams have, these two guys have stuck with their teams. Win loss. Chris Paul has been a New Orleans Hornet, and they haven't, they haven't done well. You know, they've had, they had one good year, but besides that, they are, they're respectful of their team, of the owners. And I think that if either one of them were to come in, I don't think there'd be a problem. Dwight Howard is a big kid, and Chris Paul just is one of the most silent, just studs who just leads the team. And, and and there's no waves with him. So but I think that it's a win-win. They'll probably pick Dwight Howard, I would think. And if they weren't, I would trade Pau Gasol in a second over Andrew Bynum. Because Pau Gasol is... two twin towers again, like they had in Houston with the Kim Olajuwon and Ralph Sampson. Then you have that, that atmosphere again with Kobe. Yeah. But then who are you bringing as a point guard? 
You, you know, Shane, you could just make have Steve, have, Steve, Brown. have Steve Blake start because they have Steve Blake on the roster. Shannon Brown. Shannon Brown's not a point guard. He's a jump out of gym. All you need to do is bring the ball up and pass it to one of those three of those guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where they go because this is going to change the direction of the franchise forever because Dwight Howard, you might have another Shaq there. So it could be a Shaq and Kobe thing for the next th- next four years of Kobe's um, when think, Kobe's still. Well, I think if you still you know, got Bynum there, Bynum is a he's a force to be reckoned with. He still has that child mentality. And he's, sort and he's of about stuff. six years younger than Paul Gasol. R- right, and but Paul and they talking uh, Deborah and they talking Paul Gasol maybe uh, he had a bad playoffs and they say he maybe aging a little bit or he may be losing a step he's in his game. He's just soft. Which I don't I think he's soft. He's I don't think soft. he's losing anything in his game. I think he's just gotta get with the right team. Get with the in right team. In order to motivate him and, and the whole team get together in the beginning and get really clear on what the end result is that they're all working for right. and that they are going to do it together. Are they doing all this to beat the Dallas Mavericks or are they doing this so when they get into the finals? But they can't get in the finals until you beat well San Antonio is one of the teams. That's that's a wrap right now. But the Dallas Mavericks is still a team to beat in the West. I don't think there's really any team to beat in the West. I think they, the Lakers are still the team the to beat in the West. Yeah, but right. it doesn't. I usually agree that that, that they're the the reigning champions, so they're the other team to beat. Jason Kidd's a year older. Dirk Nowitzki's a year older. Tyson Everybody got a year older at the last. But they're year. also Tyson pumped Chandler, up. Tyson Chandler's not going to be there anymore. Karan Butler is a free agent. Tyson probably be in Jersey or New York somewhere. No, or um, uh, Golden State. Golden State. Golden State. But you know what? I I, I think. No, I know that they still the team to beat because they still have their chemistry there. The Lakers talking about restructuring their whole team. Everybody's expendable but Kobe. You have to be – You. this is not a bad move. I call it desperate, but it, it's winning and losing in, in, a, in a competitive sports. So if you can get both of those guys, which I doubt is going to happen, uh, uh, Paul and uh, Dwight Howard, it, that's almost impossible. Right. But you got, you can get one of those guys. Plus, there's other teams vibing for these guys. Other teams want a, a Dwight Howard or a Chris Paul. And yeah. now we're back to a short season, too. So that time spent very, yeah. very, very quickly to get them to the point where they can play together is going to be time well spent. Okay. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with Clancy's Corner. We're going to get into some NCAA, I want to assume that. But uh, it's going to be interesting. Quamala Sports Talk with Alex Clancy in the studio and Deborah Debris down and dirty in the later segments. We'll be back in 70 seconds. I got to guess right at some point. Monk got to time it up for me. Oh, my God. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. If you're looking for a radio show about boxing, you usually can't find one until you stop by the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to Outside the Ring with former world lightweight champion and U.S. Olympian David Diaz. We'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters. We'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time. Outside the Ring with David Diaz airs every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time noon pacific on the voice america sports channel this is it sports is an engaging talk program that includes you the experts and sports all moderated by coach carl hargrave we'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world collegiate and professional take a look at youth-oriented sports athletic development and sportsmanship faith and where it has its place in sports along with a lively discussion with coach carl every week Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life, from Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Kwame Sports Talk. We were doing a lot of Tiger Talk. We were doing some NBA, which is an interesting topic of what the Lakers may do. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll watch that. We got 888-346-9144. Call in. Uh, first call gets an Energy Force band. Um, definitely also we got the uh, third segment. Don't forget that. But right now we got Clancy's Corner. Well, guys, I'm going to throw up. Um, another BCS Bowl season. <laughs> Another completely avoidable, brain-busting debacle that makes me question why I even watch college football. There, you know, there are hundreds of problems with the system. I've broken down to three main ones. Um, one, all bowl games except for the national championship are completely inconsequential. Like, really, who cares in the long run? Nobody's going to remember who wins the Rose Bowl ten years from now in 2011, unless your school is participating. Nobody's going to watch. I mean, you'll watch, but you won't care. Uh, number two, the ranking system is an absolute joke. I'm, sa- I'm talking about the preseason rankings. It's all predicated upon the success of your team last year, how many players you've lost, and who've you signed, who you've, who you've had uh, signed as, as freshmen and transfers. So, for example, you know LSU next year, they'll lose maybe half their team, hypothetically speaking. They'll be in the top ten no matter what, if not number one. Now, that's not fair. Boise State... Teams like that, the middling teams who have all this talent, like Kellen Moore, for example, they've always been behind the eight ball just because they didn't finish high as high as everybody else the year before. Now, the third part is that this just begs for a playoff system. It begs for it. Every year, there's some sort of controversy, this year especially, but there's too much money made with the current system for them to change it. You know, you can have the playoff games being played at the Rose Bowl, at the Sugar Bowl, but, you know, it's never going to happen. Take the top eight teams in the country and have playoffs like every other sport. It'll make each postseason game worth it as opposed to the regular season ma- mattering and the postseason not except for one game. Now, the BCS ranking, if you're, not, if, if you're unaware, is broken down into three components. One-third of it is computer rankings, which is a compilation of six computer ranking systems. The, another third is the USA Today and the coaches poll. Uh, current coaches, which I have a huge problem with, they should have no ruling in the voting if they have any vested interest in the matter. And the last third is the Harris Interactive Poll, which is 115 panelists, including former coaches, players, administrators, and media. What? Why can't we just have the best record with the best strength of schedule, the top eight teams, play in the playoffs? This is just another example how the the suits of college football are turning the sport into the complete financial exploitation of kids who are exemplary at their craft. That's all the BCS stand for, and I'm sick of it. Bull crap situation right there, mm. BCS. I was uh, trying to think of a good acronym for it, and I couldn't. <laughs> See, I'm smart. I, I can do it on the oh, fly. Oh, Kwame, you're I, the I best. You're the best. Wait, wait, can you bend over something, pat you on the back a little bit? I was doing it with both of my hands. He's got two hands. If I had three, I'd be outstanding. Look. I agree with you with that. I sound like you're coming over to my side now with the BCS. Well, I, and when you when you mentioned Boise State, 
I just don't think it's fair that a team don't talk about their schedule uh, and who they play. And these guys played Virginia Tech last year away. Uh, it was at a neutral site. They played Georgia this year. Even when Utah was good in that conference mm-hmm. and then TCU, they were still winning and beating these games. And then you can you can keep them out of here. And I and I had this argument uh, all the time, debate slash going into an argument. How do you, as a coach, allow uh, – and, and this is what you tell these guys, and this is what uh, athletic directors and deans, they tell these coaches, bring these students in for an education. And athletically, you promise them, as a coach, you promise them, if you have that good a team and you're at this program, like BC, like Boise State, you have a chance to play for the national championship. And when you go undefeated like two or three years, and you don't even get into a bowl game, I think six, seven, and ninth are not even in a BCS game. Right. So I don't know how is that possible. And I wondered what they would have done if Houston went and lost to, uh, mm-hmm. to that SMU. Would have been another controversy. And you've got yeah. coaches that are voting that are either going to vote for themselves or against another team, right. or, or, and, and against, or against another conference. In the beginning, right. in the beginning, coaches vote against. Uh, they they don't vote for their team because they don't want to put that pressure on them. But mm-hmm. they know everyone else is going to vote to them right. and keep them at one in the top five. Here's what I think about the rankings. Uh, I think you should not post the rankings. Start the season off from scratch. Okay, you got a better team. You mentioned Alex LSU. Mm-hmm. They'll probably lose about. Uh, 15 players sure. that's, that's, that's so starting. a quarter of their team. They probably lose that many guys that's been dominant for their team, that's helped them win football games. Okay, everyone starts from scratch now. If you're that good, then you'll get it back up. But here's where you bring the rankers out. In college, they play 10 to 12 games, depending on where you are. Um, I know Ohio State used to play 10 and wait around for a month for everybody to get beat up and play in a bowl game, play in a Rose Bowl. Okay, every third week, every fourth week, there's a new rankings. Every three every three weeks you bring out the rankings and that's what it is. Okay, teams may lose in the next three weeks, or they may win. So you bring those teams up. That's how I think the rankings should be doing. So we'll follow this rankings every week to see who's going where, who the top twenty five teams are, and then we'll look at these top twenty five teams and say, how's this team with um, a nine and two or eight and three still in the top ten? And then we'll justify it and say, oh well, he played as they play in the SEC. They played this team and they lost to this team. Who was number one? You still lost the football game. Right. You lost the football game. Wins so, a wins, a oh, loss is a loss. That's yeah. what this business is predicated on. That's right. Teach so them when, now because so, it's going to get rougher as they get up into the pros. So when you got this system and you got a panel of uh, uh, suits sitting around, some of them just get out of college saying, okay, this is a computer system. No computer system should be allowed to to make a ranking on on a team or their strength of schedule because you don't go into the there's no computers in the locker room there's no computer talking to that guy who wants to be the starter or the guy who is the starter or the guy who's the starter talking to guys to motivate them there's no locker room there's no computer in the locker room to to figure out who has the passion and emotion uh to play this game or you don't be with them on the offseason you don't be with them on campus there's that shouldn't be allowed don't program the system, program the players to know how to win and what it takes as a whole human being to win in any situation. I'm, I'm just sick. I mean, it, it'd be a good idea to do that ranking thing. I, I agree with you, but it's never going to happen, which is the problem. Now, because the thing is, is like say somebody from the Sunbelt Conference uh, is 10-0, and 0, with with that system, it's still going to matter who you're playing and what conference you're in. Right. But so. You- it's down the Sunbelt Conference. Uh, okay, this is why they're creating that super conference. You have what you're going to have on the uh, in the SEC down south. You're going to have that super conference, and you're going to have a uh, you know the the Pac-12, right. the 
Big, the Big 12, 12 will come back. Yeah. So it'll be good again. So you'll have that those three conferences, and it's also another East Coast. You will have a, a super the conference. ACC there. Or the ACC or the Big East, one of them. They're going to merge. They have to merge. Uh-huh. So you got that super conference right there. But still, somehow you have to make it fair. You have to make it fair for these kids that where they can go out and play the team maybe and take the top team from each conference. Or yeah, take the top two teams. But still make it fair off. for somebody in the Sun Belt. Still make it fair. If they're Division One, AA, you can't be playing um, – uh, I don't know. Uh, Prairie every year. Yeah, Prairie View every year. You can't play them uh ten times a year <laughs> and get into the BCS. You got to have some dominance on your schedule. You got to have at least two teams from one of those big conferences. And if you can compete against those guys, now who's to say you can't compete at the end of the year for a playoff spot, which we should. I think we all agree they should have. Uh, they still can generate their money because this is all about money, mm-hmm. in yeah, my opinion. This, but but the other side is. In theory, these kids are students first and players second, right? So let, well, let's take that. Let, let's take that as it is. Let's take that at face value. If this is the case, I'm, I'm going. I'm going. Um, devil's advocate here on my point is take that. If there's a playoff system, that's another th- maybe three, if not four weeks of football, and these kids are now playing through their finals into maybe early February at the latest. It, it's gonna it's gonna counteract the whole ideal that these kids are there to graduate and play sports. So, I mean, and this is another thing that the BCS has that has by the neck that we're going to do this as we are. We're going to take a month so these kids can go through their finals so we don't get in trouble for making this football first. And that's just another reason why it's never going to change. Which, which I think uh, the big programs is always football first. And they tell you, they sit in your room, they sit in your parents' uh, living room and say, we want your son because he is talented enough to play at uh, the University of Kansas. He is talented enough to play there. Who's that? It could be anybody that's, anybody, got, that's yeah. got great talent. Uh, <laughs> uh, he is talented enough to play there, but we want him to come here and get an education. I had guys on my team, uh, a bunch of them from Detroit, pretty much all of them from Detroit. They said, well, we're not here to play, go to school. We're here to play football. They was in summer school every year, but they said they were there to play football. Right. Now, I don't know how they – I mean, if you're there to play football and you go to school to make money – you you better be going to the pros in the first round. Right. That's your motivation. That's they have your, a dream with no backup plan. Right. That's better be that better be what it is. Uh, but a lot of a lot of coaches do that. They say they'll tell your parents and look them right in their eyes and say, "Well, we want your son, man. He's going to get an education." Right. Uh, most of like basketball, most of these kids say, "I'm only going here for one year, then I'm leaving." Mm-hmm. So the NCAA is trying to keep basketball players to stay in school for two years at least because it generates money for college and we go back to that money situation but as, as football guys they can only they got to stay three years so if i can keep him there for three years and he goes pro then i can't tell you well if he'd have stayed four years he would have graduated and then i upheld i upheld my uh end of the bargain as far as telling you you your son will get an education yeah you got you got teams like virginia tech going to a bcs and they rank 17th <sighs> and they got, played one good team all year they played Clemson twice and that was they got killed once and they got and they got um the, uh, they, yeah, they got killed twice. I think they might have beat them the first time, but they got killed uh, in the ACC championship game, right? I think who, who's in the uh, the Big Ten? I think they have ten teams going, or was it is it the Big Ten? That I think they have ten teams going to a bowl game. Jesus. That is, that's crazy. Ten teams going to a bowl game, and the team it's like three of them should have been in the BCS, like a Boise. I think Boise State should play for a BCS, mm-hmm. uh, be in the BCS game. That generates a lot of money for the school. Okay, now they can't get this money. Uh, well, it was a team like uh, Connecticut went to a bowl game. It was a BCS. Ugh. They lost money. Yeah, they can't. That's not a, that program can't afford mm-hmm. to go there and you and 
everybody's stealing money while you're trying to yeah. earn money is it's, it's almost impossible. Uh, I don't know, man. We, I don't. I think a playoffs bring the rankings out every three weeks. A playoffs uh, get the super conference. If, that, if that's what you're gonna do, get the super conference, and then, and those smaller teams have to play at least two teams in that super conference to make it relevant at the end of the year. You so you get, won't say uh, strength of schedule. Or you can get 35 teams in each conference. If you want to make it a super conference, you get you you just combine all of the mini conferences, put them into one. Just depending on their uh, on their location in the in the U.S. and then the top two teams go and make a play and have a playoff. It's just the top maybe, two teams. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe you cut the regular season down to ten games and then you have the playoff. I mean, there's ways around it, but it's all losing money for college football, so they're yeah. not going to do it. I, I say sixteen teams in a playoff. You get sixteen. So then you cut it to like an eight game regular season. You well, got you, well, you got to take that out of somewhere. Well, uh, no. Let me go to. Um, you can you only play one game eight a week. Teams eight. Not really. <laughs> But you, well, a college student, yeah, college student. They say you're gonna play once a week. I don't know. They the move, NFL, they move a college. They, to they, they bitch nights. and moan when you play Sunday and then Thursday. Yeah, Thursday God forbid. I mean, but I mean, you got You guys, you know, you got to get your body healthy before you can play again. I, okay, here's a, so it's not like you can play three games a week and get the playoffs done. And we all and we're all just guessing it. Uh, eight games, eight games, and those teams get to play in the playoffs. And if you get in the playoff system, then you can't go to a bowl game. Eight games and you win a championship. That those eight teams uh, vie for a championship, and whoever comes out is the winner. Is the winner. Now the uh, everyone else who doesn't make the playoffs, then you go to a big bowl game. You can still have a BCS, but if you want you want to be in the playoffs and have a chance to win, like a Boise State, I will put them up against a lot of teams in an eight game playoff. Well, I like what you said earlier too about let's get you know back into the locker room and get the coaches coaching and the mm-hmm. players playing for the right reasons is you know prepare them not only how to win but prepare them and how to lose, right. um, so that you get better games, you get better players, and you get better athletes all the way around. Because you got those teams that were mm-hmm. that they're eight and three still in the top ten, and they yeah they don't exactly losing to them they lost three games. But you gonna tell them it's okay. We'll be all right. We'll be in the BCS because right. we're in this conference. Right. So, so now we're te- we're teaching we're teaching players that you don't have to be that good and you can still win, and we're teaching winners that you can be really really good and you don't win. Right. So it's like a whole mixed message going on. Yeah, you're hey, right. We're ten, gonna take a yeah. Ten, ten what? Ten big state teams. Eight 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 three four six nine one four four. We're gonna take a break. Uh, give us a call right now. I'm we gonna got throw up that I told you you're right. He's no, no, got that third I, I hand back there, pat in the back. <laughs> yeah, again. I know I was right. I got, the, yeah, I got imaginary hands. So these two imaginary, right here, so they don't exist. These don't exist, baby. They don't. <laughs> they pat my back. I How'd you get three picks in a game? I walked through the day patting myself on the back. <laughs> We'd be back with down and dirty. I'm proud of it too. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. 
yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there. But host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia college sports world. And they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back to Promolasco Sports Talk. We just had a good Clancy's Corner now. Let's get down and dirty with Deborah. All right. This week we're going to talk about those dreams stealing the mother of all emotions, which is fear. And I'm not talking about the fear that's a healthy fear, the real fear, the one that's, you know, if you got your life on the line or somebody's threatening you with potential danger. I'm talking about the unrealistic, unrealistic, no basis, who cares type of fears where great players end up as big disappointments. They end up in the headlines or on the sidelines and they don't know what to do about it. Fears like, I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to get it wrong. Or what happens if, if I never make it? Or then you go to the other side, what happens if I make it and then I lose everything or if I get injured? So we're talking about assumptions. We're talking about anticipating something that hasn't even happened yet. And in most cases, we're talking about the unknown. The greatest fear is the unknown of trying to control what can't be controlled. And when fear shows up, performance goes down. Some of the signals that fear is up is from the inside aspect. It's your heart's pounding. you got that gut-wrenching, hurting knot in your stomach, self-doubt, second-guessing. You're thinking way too much. The outward signs or the evidence that fear is up is you start making a lot of excuses. Start pointing fingers and blaming everybody else but yourself. You start blowing up, screaming, hollering, picking fights, stomping on people. Um, you have unforced errors. You become mechanical, and you got a lot slower and really poor decisions. And the frustrating part about this for me is that it's preventable and it's manageable. And the biggest thing people have got to do, players and anybody else out there, is you first have to admit that you've got a fear. And people don't want to admit that they're afraid of something. They think it's a weakness. And the reality is once you can name what your fear is, now you can do something about it. And until that point, if you you start ignoring or denying your fear, at that point, fear's got you. It wins and you lose, and your dreams start to disappear. You know what? I, th- I think uh, uh, guys who fear the unknown haven't been talked to growing up. I, I don't understand mm-hmm. how you can fear something. Uh, and I'm talking not. I'm not talking in the spiritual world. I'm talking mm-hmm. uh, here in the physical world right now. Athletes, how can you fear something that? That uh, you haven't even you haven't even seen yet, or you haven't even you haven't excuse me you haven't even done yet. Um, I, I think when you lose, get to that point. When you get to that point of fear, you start losing your confidence. And and you guys know when you lose your confidence, it is tough to get it back. You have to even when you're making plays, you still hide that in the back of your mind that oh, yeah. uh, like a, as a defensive back as a corner, I'm not going to jump this route. And you don't jump this route, and then he has a first down. Right. When you seen that play happening before it even happened, before the quarterback even snap the ball before that play even got started, 
you knew it was going to happen, but just that fear and, and losing your confidence. Well, yeah, and you go back to being mechanical, which means you're hesitating, which means you're slower than everybody else out there, and then you wonder why you miss the play in and, whatever way. And it's okay, and I, I always thought it was okay to be have some type of fear, but not to the mm-hmm. fear where it holds you back. Like exactly. Fear to a personally fear to scared scared to fail. Right. Um, but if you and one thing you mentioned, I think I agree with this too. Also, if you name your fear, then you can have a you can have a, right. a battle with it and get over that hump. If you name it, but if you never know what it is, if right. you never know, keep or, running or, from it. Right. Or you never ask for help. Right. Uh, you're gonna always be because there's a lot of guys that want help, and and I don't athletes in in general was uh, programmed to be so tough for no reason. You need to be smart more than tough than anything. Exactly. On, if you're boxing, well, you still have to be smart. If you're playing hockey, which is the roughest mm-hmm. sport uh, around, in my opinion, in rugby, if you're doing those things, you still have to be smart. You're mm-hmm. going to be tough in a way because that's why you're able to play those, those games because you're already tough enough to play them. Now you have to be smart to hang around. And here's the thing. We all have fears. I mean, it's it's built into us. It's one of our survival techniques. I mean, it's it's part of each one of us. It's what are we fearing. And the fact that when you can name whatever your fear is, then you have the opportunity to say, well, if I'm afraid of this, then, you know, how is that holding me back and what am I going to do about it? So now you can actually build a plan. I mean, my players, we, we build a playbook you know just like players have a playbook of knowing in situational plays you know what are they going to do when are they going to do it how are they going to do it when something comes up they practice those plays so when that situation comes up they know exactly what to do i do the same thing with the mental and emotional side as we build a playbook situational playbook of knowing what your stressors are what your triggers are so when it happens because it is going to happen especially when you're under pressure of a game you know then you know exactly what to do and you've got a routine an exact routine to go to to get out of it quickly and then Go ahead, Alex. Um, I mean, it just—it seems like the fear stems from outside pressures to perform in, in the in the athletic world to a certain extent, and how you deal with those pressures. It Is could, that, yeah, I mean, it could be yes. It's expectations, fear. your own and others, because oftentimes players are playing for somebody else when they should be playing for themselves. Well, but, uh, we had this discussion. Sorry, we had this right. discussion uh, earlier about Tiger Woods. He was—he had some fears. He Tiger Woods didn't let when his dad was alive. He did everything right. It was perfect. He didn't want to let anybody down. That's a fear. That's mm, that's that a is. fear of letting someone down. And then his him, his whole image changed when he when everything happened to this guy. His mm. personal life. Uh, he just went into a share. He was scared to be on the. I, I think he was fearful to be on the public the way he used to be. Yep. He was thinking so much of his image, uh, which is a fear that it didn't allow him to play golf the way he was accustomed to playing. Exactly. It rocked him to the core, and he didn't know what to do about it, and there was nobody to turn to, which in the past had been his dad, to help him get raw and get real with it and figure out what his next most relevant step was going to be in order to play where he's used to playing. Yeah, and, and going on that fact, I mean, clutch players come from somewhere. You know, they're still fearful, but they it seems like they feed off the fear of others. Like, I'm going to use Kobe as an example. Mm-hmm. People that are in the finals for the first time, or and they see him coming down with eight seconds left, down one. They know what he's going to do. It depends on if he can supersede their fear and, and perform. And it seems like that there's more fearful people than there are people that can overcome those fears. Well, the thing is, there's... Um there's a fear that's that gut-wrenching. I mean, it just wipes everything, all your talent, your intelligence, and everything away from you. But there's also the fear that's really um, an acceleration 
of, you know, if I'm here and I'm feeling fearful and I know what's in me and what's possible within me, then I'm going to get past that. And the opposite, the opposite on the scale of emotions, the opposite side of fear is courage and trust. I'm going to have enough courage and I'm going to have enough trust. Even though I'm afraid, I'm still going to have the courage and trust in myself, my players, my team to know I can use my talent and do what I need to do right here, right now, exactly as I practiced. Well, I've seen uh, quite a few players uh, with fearful to go out on the, in the fourth quarter with the, uh, about a minute left. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. the offense has uh, scored. Mm-hmm. Defensively, you have to go out there and hold them. They are fearful to go out there and say, why did we just couldn't just run a clock out? Well, right. you, when you can score, if you can run a clock out, then you got a different team. But when you can score, uh, go ahead and get the, go ahead and get the uh, points. And now I've seen some coaches. Actually, I've seen a lot of coaches do this. Say, let's score and put it on defense. This actually comes out their mouth right. because they fearful mm-hmm. to say. For the media to look at them and say, well, we didn't lose the game. We score. They say, let's hurry up and score, get some type of points, and put it on the defense. Uh, and I thought that was crazy. But at, at, on the other end on the other end of that, same situation, is some of those guys were scared to go out there defensively. I think when, you, when you're when you a kid or when you when you daydream or when you uh, look into your future, you say, uh, I can't wait to be in the fourth quarter in the mm-hmm. final seconds, yeah. and you're trying to beat me, right. and you need to score. Right. And then you end up making a big play. So if you never go through those uh, progressions, if you never go uh, uh, see, the, see yourself making plays, then you're going to be, always be fearful of making them. So, so your playbook to overcoming the fear mm-hmm. is... Well, the fear can keep, the fear can push you into courage. You know, the one thing that we look at is the first thing is you have to admit it. You have to get to the core of what is it that you're afraid of. Once you can admit to what that fear is, then you can look at, all right, so, you know, what's really true about that? Is, is there really any truth to it at all? And if not, you know, what is it that it's keeping you from getting that you really, really want? And then you start moving into the courage aspect, the trust and the courage. And there's a lot of techniques that we use in order to get someone to a place where they can play it in their mind, in their heart, over and over and over again so they can call on that emotion, they can call on that mental game anytime they need to in the moment because they've practiced it, just like the situational plays that you do in your playbook. We do the situational plays in your mind as well. Right. All right, we eight 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 three four four nine one four six. We are down and dirty with Deborah. I'm just trying to figure out all the players that say make it to the NFL or the NBA or major leagues have always been exemplary. They had to have been exemplary in that field of overcoming fears to make it to the to the pinnacle of the sport. At every- now, so then it, so then the levels start over once you get to that exactly. pinnacle. Exactly. You got it, it. You have a player who's played college, and Kwame, you and I have talked about this. All of a sudden, they get into the NFL. I've got a guy right now that just made it into, um, just got called up into the NFL out of the practice squad. And when he was going through training camp, same comments I've heard from most of my players: "Man, things are so much faster now. All of a sudden, you're a commodity. You're not the guy that they're building the plays around anymore. Expectations are a lot more. You got a huge amount of money on the line that wasn't on the line before. So there's a lot. You know, you've got family looking at you. I mean, there's a lot of mo- a lot more pressure. Somebody's breathing down your neck to take your position away as you're breathing down somebody's other somebody else's neck to try to get their position. Right. I, I think one of the things that NFL does, and the game is a lot faster, and then as you mentioned, when you come out of college, you you are that guy, but you don't start getting plays designed for you or getting it lined up right. until you make some plays. You have to make plays first. That's right. Uh, but but uh, the coaches every week they will bring a punter. I I, I felt mm-hmm. for the kickers and stuff like that. They will bring a punter or kicker in every week and work them out. Uh, work them out every week. Now business wise, maybe they're just looking at different options. Uh, but when you 
making field goals when you got that type of pressure is how you respond to your fear. That's okay, right. I'm going to practice this way. Or maybe I change something up or maybe I just don't. And sometimes you don't even, you know, that doesn't even bother you. So you keep doing what you're doing until you get better because it takes time. You got to And I think your confidence, once you have confidence, you feel like you can do everything. And once you lose your confidence, you fearful to take those it's chances or fearful that I hope this is not a right. 40 yarder. I want the offense to get a little closer so I can kick the field goal. Right. I hope this is not a 49 yarder and my coaches don't call time out on me. It's exactly right. <laughs> I mean, I work with a lot of kickers and punters and snappers and that as well. And they're, you know, they're out there. Everybody's watching them. And, you know, they're the guy at that moment. And there's been a lot of games won and lost over the last couple of weeks because of the kickers. And, uh, you look at the Cowboys, you know, that could have won. And then you got a guy, you know, a, team icing their own kicker yeah, well an idiot. well from the other side of that the kicker when my guys get iced they look at that and going holy man that's a great opportunity because i can just reimagine together. again mm-hmm. get myself calmed down know that i mean this guy know that he just made it and just replay that again over and over again to know if i did it that before i can do it again and, and that's a great that's a great way of looking at it mm-hmm. you, you got more time to think about i've seen this before i made this kick before yeah. thanks for the time out Exactly. That's the way thank they look the at it. Out. Yeah. Every time, whether I make it or not, thank you for the time out because now you just gave me an opportunity to be that much better in this process that's of kicking right. the ball because sure. everything, that's that's like a machine, uh, snapping the ball, holding it, and this guy's kicking it off and getting it on yeah, time. They, a few steps here, a few steps yeah. there. They have a few words that they say to themselves, and they are they're already have visualized that kick so many times. They're doing it perfectly, and the mind does not know the difference between real or imagined. So what we do in our mind with the emotion, which is the imagination technique that I teach, you do it enough times in your mind, your body just goes, oh, that's what you want to do. And it becomes really easy to pull that out on the field in the moment on demand. We're going to take a break. That's down and dirty with Deborah. We, we may come back with a little bit of that, but we got the last segment coming in, 888-346-9144. If you want to call in, be the uh, guest on the last segment, win an Energy Force bracelet or band, Alex said he won't one. We'll be back in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> internet flagship station for sports voice america sports sports and medicine go hand in hand quite simply if you aren't up to your game health wise you won't be up to your game on the field that's where bruce the sports doc comes in dr bruce grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week Bruce, the sports doc, and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
that could almost be my sexy voice, but I, I, I went to it in an Asian mode uh, <laughs> at that point. Uh, welcome back to Formula Sports Talk with Alex Clancy and Deborah Debris in the studio. Uh, we just got done with Down and Dirty. You want to know more about that? Uh, we were talking, uh, Deborah was talking fear, coming, getting over your fears and mm. uh, recognizing, recognizing them, naming them, and getting over them. www.yourclearedge.com if you want to get more information on that. Also, just give Deborah a call. You might want to talk to her. I may need to talk to her. We might have to email uh, But the, I, I haven't recognized my fear yet. Might have to email I'll help you with that. A ha- couple I, questions, I'll know it, believe me. I, <laughs> I haven't named my fear. When you name it, you got it. You can get you can have a conversation with you. You might have to email um, the Alabama kicker before the championship game. Yeah. Well, you so could have been talked to the There's a few the, the guys I need to be talking to, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and including coaches. And, and that's one of the things, yeah, you could talk to a lot of coaches because mm-hmm. you mentioned the, the timeout uh, in Dallas, mm-hmm. Alex, and um, the play in Atlanta, the coach went forward on fourth and one, and when you punt the ball, the coaches are somehow second-guessing the guys that they built in their program, starters, Second guessing their guys and their offense and their defense, you're not going to get the first down. You just ran that first down. I just ran that play previously, and they stuff you. And you mm-hmm. come back with the exact same play on fourth down. Punt the ball. I think. Yeah. I think for some reason, some twisted way. You remember when uh, they were playing Tampa Bay a few weeks back? Tampa Bay had fourth and one going against their defense, and they they ran a hard count, and Atlanta jumped off, and Tampa Bay ended up winning the game. I think this was some sort of retribution act to try and get the get the ball going and actually get them to win the game, to make up for that loss, and it just compounded the problem. What do you guys think about uh, uh, – I'm going to change subjects. I was just going to make one quick comment. Go Look ahead. at the Dallas coach. The fact that he made the decision he did was based on fear. The fear he didn't trust his uh, kicker, he didn't trust himself to make the right decision, and he didn't trust his quarterback. And they ran and up all. about 15 seconds. I, don't, I didn't understand and that you part talk, of it. You saw all the indecision on his face, yep. his hand gestures, everything. He was so full of fear at that point. That's almost yeah. a fireable offense in, yeah. in the long mm-hmm. run, I think, because it just compounds – Dallas, you have to win in Dallas. It's like Michigan. It's like Michigan in college football. You have to win and you're done. Well, yeah, Dallas, Jerry's not yeah. happy. And he took over uh, mid-season last year. Right. And, and Dallas just let the, open the door for the New York Giants. Yeah, Giants, everybody Giants lost. Giants played a good game against the uh, Peyton Man throws interception, but you know it was it was a lot of things that happened in that game where. So now we have the fear you know, of what if within the whole team. Right. Uh, so and it gets down to that situation again. Those fears and those confidence levels gonna pop up again. You betcha. What do you guys think about? Uh, the Florida Marlins trying to reach out to Albert Pujo, who just signed Jose Reyes to a six years, $106 million. There's never been a recession mm-hmm. in sports. Never. It's more money, more no. money. Yeah. And uh, now they, after 11 years in St. Louis, the St. Louis Cardinals are willing to let this guy go. Uh, I think that is crazy. Mm-hmm. That He is the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, but now the Florida Marlins is trying to reach out for a contract mm-hmm. to get him out there. Mm-hmm. I think he has a meeting with him this week. Yeah, I haven't heard the money yet. But the only uh, they're, they're no, saying ten year, ten years, two hundred and two hundred. Yeah, I would say between two twenty and two forty, definitely. Um, I think that this will all be predicated upon if they can get Prince Fielder. Because if they can get Prince Fielder, who is maybe ten years younger, eight years younger. Yeah, he's no, no, then no. You just drop I, him in there. He's twenty eight, and I think Albert's twenty. Uh, no, thirty two. Okay, fi- oh, I didn't know it was that close. Okay, yeah. fair enough, but I. They need a replacement before they will let him go. They will pay him. They've offered him five. They've offered him, I think, eight or seven. Who are you saying could get Prince Fielder? Uh, St. Louis. He shouldn't go there. Well, I, but go there. my point is that St. Louis isn't stupid. They are a middle market team that has won, that has won two out of the last uh, five oh. five Super, uh, Super Bowls, World Series. World Series. <laughs> so um, they're not dumb. So I don't think they're going to let him go unless they have a replacement. 
And, and I, Albert Pujols, I don't think, is dumb enough to go to Florida. Two two stars isn't gonna win. Is gonna win you. Uh, isn't he a uh, Hispanic? Florida's a good place, and it's warm. I'm not not because he's. I mean, <laughs> you don't know what has, else they're promising. Him. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's well, they're gonna money. give him. You don't know it's, what gonna else gonna gar- it's gonna be all. It's gonna be all guaranteed. I wouldn't as opposed let, to incentive base. I wouldn't let him go. I tell you that much. I would, if I'm St. Louis, uh, I wouldn't let him go. If I'm him, I'm going to Chicago. If you're gonna go somewhere, go to Chicago. Cubs. Yeah, Cubs would be a good spot for. Him. And they'll pay you. They pay people. Well, when you leave the wazoo for no reason, I think when you are negotiating, you you either stay with your team or you go. Obviously, you go you into, trade up. Yeah, you go into right. a better team <laughs> right. where you got a chance. To, you know, you got close. Milwaukee got close. St. Louis uh, got lucky and went one at all in a small market. Yeah. Uh, so, unless you really how like you rebuilding, how you gonna get lucky again? Yeah. And St. Louis without Albert Pujols. Yeah, he's not a young pup anymore. So he's 32. He can play baseball till you're 40. He can play. Being I mean, done all the time. He's, he's not going to hit 30 home runs and hit 100 and get 110 RBIs every year he's, for the he's, next 10 years. That's he's your away. belief, not his. Yeah, he's at first base. What, what are you asking him to do? And we not do, play we, shortstop. Definitely not shortstop. <laughs> and I believe not I play third. I think Albert Pujols can go to third base. It's a hot box. Out of your mind. It's a hot box. All, he, all he's done for the past 10 years is step on a base <laughs> now you're and just reach push, out. He stepped, out the, he stepped the wrong way on a base and he broke his wrist. How's now it you're feel? just pushing buttons, aren't you? Yeah. How's yeah, it feel to be completely uh, delusional? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm right, so let's move on to Tim Tebow. How about uh, Tim Tebow? What do you guys uh, This guy's I told seven you. Again? You didn't tell me nothing. I told you. What do you tell me? Listen back to five weeks ago. I told you. I don't even go back yesterday. I don't even go back yesterday. Oh, yeah, let him play, but I'm talking about. Five and one. I think it's seven, six and one. Six and one. Six and one. Last Nobody said Tim Tebow couldn't win games. We, I've, I've always said Tim Tebow can't throw. I always say they, the NFL catches up. Ten for fifteen, two hundred two, and two he's, touchdowns. He's, That's his best day ever as a uh, pro. So he's winning games and he's learning how to become a quarterback. He, yeah. I, I'm a. And I'll, I'll I ju- said Tim Tebow mm-hmm. is a winner. I've always said mm-hmm. that. Correct. I love this guy's his passion. attitude, his passion. Love it. He's yeah. a winner, and whatever it takes to win. Why, why change it? That's why they were able to get rid of uh, the quarterback, uh, Kyle, Orton. Kyle Orton. Well, look at how many Kansas guys are following out. him. His yeah. defensive line, man, they love him. I mean, guys, just, if you can get somebody to follow you, and it's in yeah. a positive manner, because you can get somebody to follow you straight to a bank robbery. But right. if, you get, <laughs> if you can get somebody to follow you in a positive manner, stop That's making right. all this hoopla, because there's other quarterbacks doing what Tim Tebow doing. Tim Tebow is the story, though. Right. He is, he's a second-year player. Really, a first-year player. He is second-year player, even in the league right? Two but years. he's he's but he's but he's really a first-year. This is his first real shot. He's getting grown men who've been in the league 10, 11 years to look up to him. They're believers. They believe in Tebow. Time. I think they got a young. I was I was believing in. T- t- I was watching the game. I was. At the, you almost uh, expected now, but why can't they do that in the beginning of the game? Why Why do you have to wait till the last drive of the fourth everything quarter? Everything has to pan out. Everything has to get to. It's Tim like Tebow's telling a story. Time. Yeah, you got to tell a story. Football is a tell. You set up every every play is setting up the next. Or you play. just score twenty points in the first quarter like Green Bay does Tim every Tebow weekend. Tim Tebow time. I was on a Tim Tebow time. I was at the uh, Cardinals game and I'm watching Minnesota. I'm watching. It's, it's down yeah. to two minutes and they giving the Tim Tebow the ball. First thing I say is Tim Tebow time. That's right. Well, and I'm he's not built a pattern Christian and an aura of how he plays. Christian Ponder threw one of the worst balls I've ever seen in my life to set it up. But yeah. he's gotten lucky, too. I mean, they've, they've had chances with the kicker. You know, I mean, against the Jets, he ran that in for the touchdown, right? Tim to, Tebow to win is a game. winner. Hmm. Right. He's Charlie Sheen. He, he's, he's not going to lose. <laughs> he's winning. He's not a quarterback. He's an H-back. Yeah, I'm processing that one, too. He's a winner. Charlie Sheen, Charlie Sheen says winning doesn't mean he's a winner. Okay, let me tell you why Charlie Sheen is winning. Because he gets his whole contract. Charlie Sheen didn't lose a dime being off the air. He knows how to play it. He didn't lose a dime. And if he's in business to make money, 
he's he's he wants to be entertainer. He's still entertaining. He doesn't know he's an entertainer. Charlie Sheen. He doesn't know he's entertaining. He's he, he's I'll off bet that narcotic. I'll bet he's you. I'll bet you. Tim Tebow has not slept with a porn star though. How you I'll know? Bet you that. I'll bet, I bet you that. something <laughs> gonna come out <laughs> when you two I, I, Christians. I'll bet the house. On when that. you two Christians, something gonna come out on you. Somebody gonna plan something. That's how the, that's. We're gonna plan we, something. <laughs> we're not talking. Oh, I'm not gonna we bring build, that up. We Never building. Mind. We build superstars up only to break them down. That's just what it is. You can't. I love to have a star. I love to have. Uh, somebody on the top, mm-hmm. but um, when you get on top, you get, you get, got too big for me. I can't do anything more he with is you. Never, I can't do any more things, anything more with you, but break you down. He mm-hmm. has never done anything wrong in his entire life, and people how you know? hate him you, for you it. Didn't, how you know? Hate him for it. Hate He's him for beyond it. human, right? How he you is. know? I know some people done wrong all their life, and I love them. Did you know that Chuck Norris wears Tim Tebow sweatpants to bed? Brett Favre. <laughs> too, too much information, dude. Too I don't much know about no other man going to bed and, his, and what pajamas he wears. You don't know about wear. the Chuck Norris jokes? That's a good one. I don't. Oh, no. I don't know that. But uh, <laughs> Brett Favre. They talking about bringing this guy back. Oh, yeah. What about... Donald McNabb. Bring him back into where, where Chicago. Donald McNabb. He can't throw. What, what about... Uh, <laughs> Brett Favre's in a wheelchair. He's in a wheelchair. And Caleb Haney, uh, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him. Why? Because he got what? thrown into the, hey, win now. When you played losing? one game. You played two quarters your entire life in the NFC. It was the NFC Championship or the game before that? The NFC Championship because they, they lost that game. Right, to Green Bay, right. Yeah, but you know what? That's management fault. How much do you want to spend to get a good backup? Football is about to change now as far as financial. We want to talk. Don't play the music while we're talking. We, okay, I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, it worked. Hey, no, Mom. All right, we got to get out of here. You know what? We're going we gonna to bring this up next week. Mom, rushing, Mom rushing us out of here. He's going to be a Chicago Bear next week. Kwamala Sports Talk, Alex Clancy <laughs> in the studio, Deborah DeBree. Check out their website at ClancyCornersDeborahDeoClearish.com. Hey, we check my fan page. See you, next, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>